0: All right, let's
1: see. So, who oh, is that, Winnie? <laughs> yeah, that's Winnie. Winnie, it's
0: okay. Hello. Oh, my
2: God. oh, that's sad. Okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> continue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Couple queers, hello, hello, my name is Sean, he, him, his.
1: And I'm Lindsay, she, her, her.
0: Thank you so much for coming out, living your truth, baby listening to this odd today we have a really wonderful guest our friend zoe stoller
2: hi guys i'm zoe i use she they pronouns so either she her or they them and i am a writer and a digital marketer i live in philadelphia and i have a very cute puppy named winnie
0: oh that's so cute i did not know that
2: I just got her like a month ago, so she's she's new to my family, but she's having a blast so far. <laughs> oh,
0: I love that. It's a pandemic puppy. I keep seeing yeah. them. They make me really happy. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, it, it's great for me. Not so great for her because at some point, you know, I'll have going back to work in the office and like life won't look like it does now. And then she'll get very um, dad's or you being home 24 seven. So that is the only issue with the pandemic puppy, but it is yeah. a wonderful addition. <laughs>
0: That's so nice. <laughs> um, And so today we wanted to talk a little bit about a range of topics. And so we initially wanted to talk a little bit bit about zoe's transition from she her to they them i I don't want to like completely explain your identity to people that'd be kind of weird so (laughs) (laughs) did you want to enlighten people
2: yeah totally um yeah so (laughs) sean is referring to my gender identity which is gender fluid um and it's i just came out this past april and i only figured myself out last fall fall 2019 so it's pretty new for me Um, But basically, being gender fluid means that my gender identity can shift and change. Sometimes I feel like a woman, which is what I was assigned at birth, but sometimes I feel non-binary or agender or a combination of genders. And when I first started to get hints of this back in 2017, um, a few months after I came out as a lesbian, I was absolutely terrified because I had no idea that being gender fluid was a possibility. I'd never heard the word before. I thought I was going crazy for like, feeling like my gender was changing over time, and I thought I was making everything up. And even worse, I thought that if I wasn't a woman all the time, then I wouldn't be allowed to be part of the lesbian community, which I had just joined several months ago, and I loved being part of it. So that led me to really put off kind of figuring my gender out for several years, that fear and that uncertainty and just the confusion, which was, okay, but also very challenging because I knew that there was a part of me that I just was not addressing and a part of me that I didn't understand, which is hard because I was really trying to figure myself out and I had just figured out my lesbian identity and it felt like so many parts were clicking except for my gender. Um, And I, again, I tried to kind of push it down for as long as I could, but then this past fall, fall 2019, uh, I just felt like it was bursting too much out of me to ignore anymore, you know, and to not kind of figure out. I felt like it was such a huge part of me. And whenever I describe myself as a woman or use just she, her pronouns, it just felt so wrong. And I just didn't understand why. So I watched a lot of YouTube videos from trans and non-binary creators. And I did a lot of research and read a lot of stories. And eventually after a lot, many, many, many hours, I figured out my gender identity, which again is gender fluid. And it was such a relief when I figured that out Because I, you know, I realized, A, I'm not crazy. It is possible for your gender to shift and change. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. It's a completely natural thing that other people experience too sometimes. And B, it meant that I could really, you know, just be myself in the world and not use language like woman and, you know, female and different things like that, that just like clearly did not fit with me and made me feel really uncomfortable. I was able to find, you know, a whole new set of words and language to describe me that made me feel even better. But the best thing of all was figuring out that it is possible to be both non-binary and gender fluids within the non-binary umbrella, Um, but non-binary is also like a specific identity that I feel, so a lot of overlap and like a little confusion, and we can get more into that later. Um, But anyway, it is possible to be a non-binary lesbian. Many, many people experience that, um, especially because lesbianism is kind of a disconnect from traditional womanhood, and so it makes sense to feel you know, even more disconnected on that gender level. And it's just been such a treat and relief and joy just to figure myself out and be able to, you know, have the language that feels right to me and then now be able to share my story here and on Instagram and TikTok and help other people who are struggling in the same ways that I was.
0: I'm so happy that you explained it in such a way that you applied it to the many different ways that people exist within our queer community from a perspective that you had in the past. And I think that that is so important to talk about with relativity to moving into your future identity. And I really, really loved the way that you decided to talk about how your identity is always like shifting as everyone's really always is. And there was something that actually... Lindsay had mentioned in the previous episode that I keep thinking about. Is it really so absurd that people have identity crises, um, <laughs> if that's the word you're using? <laughs> and like, it, it doesn't take a lot to un- understand what an identity crisis could feel like. And that's not to say that you're going through a crisis as much as like as as much as it feels like a beautiful transformation.
2: Yes, I love that. And I I so agree with that. And I really think that, you know, if society were not as rigid and, you know, we were kind of not told as clearly and blatantly, like, you know, the only options are man, woman, straight, all of that. I think that more people would kind of, you know, have more fluid identities or, you know, be more open to exploring other labels and descriptors and identity possibilities. But because society is so rigid, it's almost an anomaly when people have these crises and, and, you know, who really struggle to figure themselves out. You know, I felt like I was alone in kind of struggling to figure myself out. But the truth is that so many of us really struggle and I don't know, just have to think more about our identities than the average person in society.
0: Well, and I think that there's something really beautiful about that because in a way, we're all really identifying what our genders mean to us and how Mm -hmm. we display them to the world. You know, whether that be something that masculine men think about or hyper feminine women think about, I'm sure that it's just not something that they need to think about quite as often, there's also something that I was thinking about with relativity to the changing and flexibility that you seem to be having a difficulty with. Does that sound accurate?
2: Yeah, if I understand correctly what you're saying, like when I was first trying to figure myself out, like the the mere fact that kind of my gender is fluid was very confusing, definitely, um, because that's really not something that's discussed at all, you know, we're kind of taught very rigid understandings of gender and identity. You know, I was never taught, maybe things are different nowadays, but I was never taught that it's possible for things to be fluid
0: yeah and i think that there's something especially cool and beautiful about just like going into the next day and allowing yourself like the opportunity to be what you want like yes. that's that so cool just to like imagine yourself like that i envy that like I think uh, that-
2: <laughs> well you can live like that too because even if your gender isn't specifically gender fluid like mine is you know you can still kind of approach each day as a new day to figure out you know, what makes you feel comfortable. And if you want to, you know, change the way that you present on that day, because that feels better, that's cool too. And you don't have to be gender fluid to do that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm so glad that we are really going in deep about this because it's like lots of us living our lives, you know, going through the motions, don't realize that we have these options that are access. Sometimes when you're living without feeling as though you have options, it's difficult to understand what the true potential of your life could be. And so I think that that's what I want to contribute, especially within like the context of this episode, but I mean like the whole podcast in general.
1: Well, I just wanted to commend you, Zoe, because you talked about how recent this whole shift was for you and how you had just come out as a lesbian and you were like, Great, I figured this out. I'm finally doing this. And then you're like, wait, no, this still isn't right. And you continued to search and dig. And I think you mentioned how, you know a lot of people, like we find it easier to just say, well, you know, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to acknowledge that even with like, you know, past trauma or, oh, I don't want to do my homework today. Like something so (laughs) simple that we just say, I'm going to ignore that and just pretend it's not there. And this is such a huge thing, your identity. And I just think it's amazing that you, you talked about diving deep into like these YouTube resources and looking at other people who were explaining it and living it and saying, this is what fits me or taking, again, taking the pieces of each identity and saying, I'm a little bit this, I'm a little bit that, and not just saying, okay, I guess I'm non-binary and stopping at that. You said I'm non-binary, gender fluid sometimes, and you like went more in depth with it and created your very own identity. And you're the first person that I've seen. um, I'm sure there are many that use it uh I, I think you explained it on the, in a TikTok video where you said I use she they and then you explained that you can use she her they them and I know a lot of people do that but you said like you you trimmed it down to she they and just to portray that you have no dysphoria with either pronoun and, and like I said you just created your own identity and then you took it a step further and said, I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna get loud. I'm gonna get on Instagram I'm gonna get on TikTok and you're such an inspiration to me and i am a cisgender female and i'm i look at you every day and i look at your tiktoks and i'm just in awe by what you're putting out there and how much of yourself you're comfortable putting out there especially knowing that this is such a new thing for you so i just wanted to commend you for that yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. thank you <laughs> <laughs> and sean you asked me like how i could kind of um how I could relate to that and I'm just sitting here, you know, no shame because we're all on our own journey but I'm like, no, you know I spent thirty it was thirty one years knowing I was gay but completely ignoring it. So that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna circle back around to that like just sitting here being on the other end as someone who did ignore that for so long and just again, just being amazed by your ability, Zoe, to sift through all of that and without having tons of resources like you said because they're there are a lot of lesbians out there. I can just look it up and see like, oh yeah, that looks good. That looks like me. That feels good. But you really had to dig a little deeper because it isn't as widely talked about or seen to be non-binary or gender fluid.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a much more difficult, you know, internal process than figuring out that I was a lesbian. Because as you said, like, it's so easy to just Google lesbian and find a definition and then realize that that fits and see other role models. And that, you know, my my coming out as gay was very like very swift and easy and i you know within like a month i realized i was gay and then i came out and it was it was awesome you know um but then of course that's such a shift when you don't have the same you know role models and language and education about a different part of your identity and yeah when i first was struggling i were getting hints of kind of you know that my identity was more than just a woman um i kind of flirted with the term non-binary and it just like it didn't feel right and i was thinking at first like damn should i just settle for this word should i just settle for woman um, and i did for a little bit um, and you know it was really it was really hard and it was really painful and i couldn't really articulate the pain. And so I really, I can relate to kind of your struggles with, you know, coming out as a lesbian and living your full truth and your full life, because, you know, you also, I'm sure, experienced a lot of pain from pushing that part of yourself deep down, even though you had the language for it and you, you know, understood it, whether or not you were willing to and ready to admit it, you know, Um, I'm sure that was a very painful experience for you to push that down for so long. Uh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm I'm curious about because me and, and Lindsay are, are like a part of the most popular and widely recognized queer communities within you know our little umbrella as they say. I'm just curious, like what what does it feel like as you dip your toes into the less known? Like, do you feel as though you have to justify yourself? much more often and and your pronouns
2: yeah my my pronouns I feel like I have to justify less but that is also kind of a problem because I give you know people the option to use either she her or they them I find people tend to use she her more just because you know that's what they're used to and I've always been you know known as a woman for you know 24 years or whatever so that has been. I feel like I have to kind of like over remind people sometimes that they, them is also an option. And in terms of my my identity and my labels, I've especially found pushback with being a non-binary lesbian and kind of using that phrase and saying that you know lesbians don't have to be just women; they can be non-men and kind of opening up definitions more. Um, and while I've gotten a lot of people reaching out to me to say you know thank you for opening up that definition and this you know relates to me more and now I feel. Comfortable calling myself a lesbian and non binary, which is the same way that I felt. I've also gotten a lot of people just getting into major fights on my videos and on my posts saying, you know, you can't be non binary and a lesbian, blah, 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 blah. You're confused. You're not trans. You're like gender not conforming, blah, 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 and like just trying to tell me and others what we are and are not, which is really, really frustrating because I'm really, you know, these are all kind of preconceived thoughts and notions that I myself used to hold. And it's things that society has taught us and so it makes sense that people have very very rigid ideas of what is and is not acceptable but it becomes really frustrating when they try to impose those ideas on others especially when I'm working so hard to rid people of those preconceived notions and I really my work really tries to just open up language and open up experiences and give people permission to just be who they are and identify how they want as long as it's not hurting anybody which it isn't Um, But it is really challenging when I get that pushback and when I just get really, you know, intense people like fighting in my comments. It's very, it's disappointing, but all the more reason why I have to keep sharing my work because I don't want like my voice and my truths to be drowned out by, you know, those haters or naysayers or whatever. And I know that there are so many other people like me who are confused. And if that, if, you know, the message that they're seeing is you can't be non-binary and a lesbian, like I have to work twice as hard to combat that message because that's not the truth.
0: I totally commend you for being through this like bullshit and then (laughs) paving your own identity regardless, because I think, and it's so annoying that we have to like keep going back to these really stupid human things that people like to do where they like to tell people exactly where they are within a movement, whether that be like not lesbian enough for lesbians or not non-binary enough.
2: Yeah. And it's especially hard because a lot of this kind of hate and delegitimization, if that's a word, um, it comes from within the LGBTQ community. So, and that's especially upsetting to me because, you know, there shouldn't be gatekeeping within our community because in theory we should understand, you know, how each of us has struggled to get to where we are today and how being in the community means that you're going to have "Quote unquote atypical from the norm, you know the societal norm. When people from within the community try to shut others down, it's just it's just extra disappointing, you know. And I wish that there were less gatekeeping and less invalidating, like within our community.
0: Yeah, instead of forcing people to just like blow up and be like, okay, I'm, I'm like they them, we can't even allow people like the grace even take on just the persona for like even a minute. Yeah, that's so hard to fathom.
1: I wanted to say that you know this the whole uh, I totally agree with you. Zoe and I have talked about that a little bit and I've been pretty loud on Instagram about my label being questioned as a lesbian because people really do it's almost like I've said it before like lesbians can be the worst towards other people who are coming out. And just in general, people are gatekeeping. And I, when I first came out to a lesbian, I was told I was bisexual because I've been with men and I've been loud as you have Zoe about talking about how you don't have to let other people choose your label. And so many people, you know, and I don't have that added layer of being non-binary and having different, you know, changing my pronouns and things, but people really are stopping and saying, no, I don't think so. This doesn't make sense to me. And you can't be that. And I don't understand why we can't just let people understand their own intuition and their own feelings of euphoria and dysphoria about labels and terms and things like that, because your history does not define you. And you know, you know, your own body and your own feelings and everything like that. So why aren't we just saying, okay, cool that's not what I am. I chose to do it this way. Let's all just be who we are. And it really is, it's like running rampant in this community. And the fact that you're getting all these arguments on your videos, when you're trying to make this a more friendly experience for people, a more affirming experience for people and other people, within our queer community are getting kicked, are kicking back. It's just really sad. And hopefully, as you said, you're not gonna back down. You're gonna continue to talk about it and continue to help other people feel affirmed and valid and you're not gonna stop. And I see that. And I just think that's incredible.
0: Yeah, get it. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) I
2: hear all of what you're saying. And, you know, I know you're not going to stop either. um, (laughs) Because I know you've gotten a lot of pushback, Lindsay, on your videos and your kind of posts about, you know, like being a lesbian, despite being married to a man and compulsory heterosexuality and all that. I I know that there's been a lot of like pushback for your stuff as well. But we're not stopping whatsoever. We're going to keep on spreading our
1: truths. Speaking of that, Zoe, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about um, Um, what you're doing on TikTok where you're debunking LGBTQ myths and you already talked a little bit about that but what are some of the other things that you're trying to break open like you talked about um, the definition of a lesbian, the non-man, all of those things and there were a couple other ones that I saw you kind of debunking and saying you know oh I know it was talking about being a part of the trans community even though you're not you haven't transitioned. So the first myth that I did was that um, all people
2: in the LGBTQ community know about their identities from a young age, which some people do. And that's really awesome. But I myself didn't. I didn't know that I was gay until I was 20. And I didn't know I was gender fluid till I was 24. Um, and that is totally, totally valid and okay. So I made that video specifically to tell myself and anybody else that if it takes you a little while longer to figure your identity out, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And you are still valid in your identity. Um, and since then, I've tried to expand my myths even further to kind of include all different aspects and labels and categories within the LGBTQ community, even if they don't, you know, specifically relate to me. Um, so one myth that I did was that um, bisexual people or pansexual people or anybody else who's attracted to multiple genders just simply hasn't made up their minds yet, which of course is not true. And my truth was that, you know, pansexual people have made up their minds, they're pansexual. Um, and I tried to, you know, just kind of jump in on, I guess, those, those preconceived notions and those things that even people in the LGBTQ community might be confused about, as well as people outside of the community, because uh, there are, you know, a lot of different identities and experiences and potentials. And a lot of people, when they think about the LGBTQ community, community they only really think about you know, like one kind of potential specifically, probably, you know, like about the gay or the lesbian community um, and, you know, that. And But there are even myths within that those communities that really need to be debunked. So that is why I am doing the series. And if anybody who is listening to this podcast has suggestions for more myths that they'd like to be debunked, reach out to me because I'm always taking suggestions because this is an ongoing series. I've done 11 parts now, um, but I want to do a million. So please yes.
0: reach out. <laughs> over on TikTok, that's Zoe Stoller, assuming.
2: Yeah. Yep, exactly. At Zoe Stoller on TikTok and Instagram. And I make my videos on TikTok, but then I also share them on Instagram Reels because not everybody has a TikTok.
0: Yes, join the community. <laughs> and so there's something that has been on my mind, and I don't know if you have, I mean, everyone has like a valid opinion about these things, um, but I've been just thinking about it for like the last couple of days because you know, we always talk to people within our community or allies, and they brought up a concern to me, um, and I, I hope you can actually debunk this, and so we're testing your skills, Zoe.
2: All right, let's see. <laughs> Sorry.
1: So, oh, is that Winnie? <laughs> yeah, that's Winnie. Winnie, it's
2: okay. Hello. Oh, oh, that's sad. Okay, whatever. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, So I'm just curious because one of my ally friends was asking me because she was concerned about someone who was younger, I I believe they were 13 or 14, and they were worried about their transition being too early. Mm. And I was just thinking about like the amount of criticism that transgender individuals really already get to begin with, like, do they really need people who are allies or, or people within our queer community to give criticism like that, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, so I'll start off by saying I don't think it's ever too early to transition, um, because, you know, the same way that not everybody understands their identities till later in life, a lot of people know pretty early on, which I'm very jealous about. I think that's really wonderful. And I think that, um, you know, if somebody knows that they're trans before, like the age of puberty then that 's an especially wonderful opportunity because you can go on hormone blockers and then take hormone therapy for whatever hormone it is that you want, and that way you don 't have to go through your like assigned gender puberty you can just go through the, the puberty uh, like of the gender that you are, which yeah. I think is a really special thing and um, very different from you know trans people who come out later in life and have already gone through their first puberty and then go through like a second puberty but I, I, I hear when people like say that they're concerned about People transitioning to young, because I know that they have a fear of, you know, the people wanting to like de-transition or anything like that. That's a very, very common like myth slash stereotype, and um, I'm sure there are, exist people who have de-transitions, which means that you know they transition some kind of way, whether that's medical or otherwise, and then they realize later on that that's not exactly like who they are, or their identity has changed, and then they themselves want to change, or they feel regret for things they've done. That is totally, you know, a valid experience. But I also think it's not a very common experience, especially when people know themselves so young. Because if you know, if the person is self-aware enough and brave enough to, you know, want to start transitioning at a young age, I'm sure there's not very much, you know, uncertainty there. So long story short, I think it's totally okay to transition while younger. I think it brings up a whole wonderful slew of like other opportunities. And I don't think that there should be any kind of concern about the child, you know, regretting what they've done, because more likely they'll, you know, regret or feel, you know, you know, upset about going through, you know, like life as the wrong gender.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the first thought that I had, it would be like, well, they're going to live the remainder of their adulthood after going through puberty, presumably, uh, having dealt with something that could have been addressed mm-hmm. earlier on and so i'm just curious though about and i know leave it to like straight cisgender people to focus on genitals <laughs> <and any laughs> weird commentary topic you name it um but i feel as though like they're the ones focusing so much upon genitals in this situation when in reality like these transitioning hormones or testosterone would be like something that is very reversible and is that is that exactly true in your, to your knowledge?
2: Uh, yeah. So with hormone therapy, there are some changes that are reversible, and there are some changes that are not. So I I've only personally done a lot of research about testosterone because I have estrogen since I was assigned female at birth, and so typically if someone were to transition from being assigned female at birth, then they would use like testosterone to help achieve that. I yeah, myself don't sure. plan to see that yet, but that is kind of like what I've you know the research that I've done. But I know for testosterone at least that you'll get like a lower voice and that is not reversible because your physical like vocal cords thicken. However, your body will also um, like start redistributing fat and you'll gain muscle in different ways. And like those changes are reversible. So I, it definitely is a a mixed bag, but in terms of like genitals, usually uh, testosterone and or like estrogen or any other, you know, HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy treatment. Um, It might affect your genitals slightly, in which case those are not reversible. Um, For example, for testosterone, you can get like bottom growth with just, which just means that your like your clitoris grows a little bit and that is not reversible. However, it's not usually like a big enough kind of difference unless you get really lucky where um, it'll like make a huge difference kind of in your anatomy. Usually people have to focus more on, you know, like surgery in order to really, really change their anatomy. So I think it's it's challenging when people when you know outsiders and whatever naysayers try to focus in on kind of that that genital aspect and all of that um, because that is such that is only like one part of what it means to be transgender or what it you know the potentials of transitioning and not every trans person wants to change their genitals or wants to change their body or anything like that but again it's o- totally okay to you know start any kind of transition at a young age and there are a lot of factors that are
0: awesome well thank you so much for sharing was there anything else you guys wanted to like mention today
2: nothing from my end but i hope to be back on soon we'll continue our conversation about all the topics
0: Yeah, no, I feel so enlightened. And I think we oh, just yeah. have so much more to like pave through. And yeah, again, if anyone wants to comment on our podcast, rate and review if you have any time, you know, there's not a lot of time these days. Thank you guys so much for coming out, coming out and living your truth, baby. My name is Sean, he, him, his.
1: I'm Lindsay, she, her, hers. And I'm Zoe, she, they.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Woo!